good morning, as the Pointer Sisters said. I am so excited. I wonder if they knew about my conversation with Loretta Swit when they sang that song. Because, I mean, how can I not be? I'm talking to Hot Lips Houlihan. And also, we're going to hear about, you want amazing keepsakes of your pets forged and formed. She will sound enthusiastic. I can guarantee that because she is the lead sales enthusiast at Canopy Chicago, Sarah Becker. Welcome to WGN. How are you? Thank you. I am doing very well and happy to be a part of this conversation today. Oh, that sounds enthusiastic. (laughs) Tell me about Canopy Chicago. Canopy Chicago is a newer hotel on the Chicago scene. The doors opened in late November of 21. We're right on the corner of Franklin and Jackson in the iconic Loop neighborhood. The iconic Luke neighborhood. And the reason why you're talking to me is because you are a dog-friendly hotel. Yes. It is very important to us that all of our pets and furry friends feel very welcome here at Canopy Chicago. What do you do to help them feel welcome? Well, I think it's all about, you know, training our team members and really ensuring that we have what we anticipate you'll need with a pet-friendly stay. So you're given a welcome bag at check-in. Of course, there'll be, you know, waste bags, but you also get a toy, food and water bowls. And upon request, we even have these really cute pet beds that you can have up in your room. You have to give the bed back, I assume. You do have to give the bed back, but you can come stay again. (laughs) That's right. And you have different beds at different sizes, depending on the size of the dog, I would assume? Well, just like, you know, in our guest room, you know, all of the beds are the same size, so they can accommodate, uh, you know, an array of of sizes of animals. Okay. And also in that gift basket are treats? Yes. So upon arrival, you are invited to enjoy a Barley's Biscuit. So this is a new partnership, Steve, that we're really excited about. So it's through Dorothy Sweet Shop, which is a local bakery here in Chicago, and they have created these 100% natural biscuits for dogs, and they have recycled some of these local craft brewery grains, and they have combined them with peanut butter, barley, eggs, and flour to make these really cute and delicious treats. Cute and delicious treats, and you clearly give a six-pack to the human being checking in? <laughs> uh, we do have a our bar, which is known as Depot 226, which is about, you know, six footsteps from check-in. So um, that's an easy option to get your stay started. I was hoping that that Dorothy Sweet Shop provided that, too. Uh, but but that's okay. So it is great that they are using natural ingredients and all of that. Tell me more about Canopy Chicago. Why is it called Canopy Chicago? Well, Canopy is a it's a newer brand in the Hilton portfolio. It is a luxury lifestyle hotel. What does that What does that mean? You're dog friendly. We know that. But what else does that mean? We're dog friendly. Yes. 
but where you're going to find us in desirable neighborhoods across the country. Um, this is for the guest that's looking for something, you know, a little special, a little elevated, unique. So every canopy is going to look and feel a little bit different but all be, you know, connected through a local experience that we all provide. And are they all dog-friendly? So if you go to another city that has a canopy, is that dog-friendly as well? So all the canopies in the U.S. and Canada are pet-friendly. Yay! Actually, yay! And Hilton has over 5,000 options in the U.S. and Canada. So there are other brands as well that welcome pets. 5,000 of them that welcome pets? Yes, across the U.S. and Canada. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. I had no idea about that. Do you find that more people are traveling with their pets than ever before? Well, I think more people have pets than ever before. Well, that's so actually true. I would have yes. to say yes. Yeah. And pets are members of the family. So what we have found is that people like to travel with family members, right? And in Chicago... It happens to be, in many ways, a very dog-friendly city. Uh, and there's, not a, there's a dog park fairly close to you, actually, for those who like to take their dog to dog parks. It is a very walkable city. Chicago is, of course, especially where you're located. Arguably, easier to walk around than to drive around, and, right, where, where you're at. So you might want to take the dog. Lots of the retailers then say, oh, sure, bring the dog in. It's no problem. You're not all that far away from... The Chicago, I don't know that you know this. There's actually an architecture cruise for dogs. It's the Mer- I do. Yeah. I read that too. It's the Sea Dog Cruises. Is that right? Well, there's two of them. So, yes, Sea Dog does that. And the, I don't know that they do an architecture thing. They just take the dogs, which is great. They don't go all that fast. So, Sea Dog typically is that speedboat, the big speedboat. The dog-friendly rides, they don't want dogs flying off the boat. So the dog-friendly rides aren't quite as fast. And then there's the Mercury Skyline that does an architecture tour for dogs on Sunday mornings. I think that begins in July. I'm not sure of that. But I am sure that they still offer those. And again, it's not only for tourists, but for people in this case that live downtown as well or just want to bring their dog down for a nice ride on the Chicago River out onto Lake Michigan. Uh, but for you, it's greatly for people visiting Chicago. What are they most surprised? What do you hear most often people say, I am so surprised because I didn't expect Chicago does what? Just has so many pet-friendly options to really get out there and explore and enjoy the city. You know, pets are welcome on the Riverwalk, Yes. Um, you mentioned some retailers. If you cruise down Michigan Avenue, I mean Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Apple. So these are some big time, you know, retailers that are saying, hello, welcome, come on in and enjoy to all of those, you know, pet friendly families out there. There's also a long list of breweries in the area. You mentioned parks. You know, we at the hotel have a list of the various, you know, off-leash parks that are sprinkled throughout the city. So, Really? I love yeah, that. So, yeah, so I, I agree. I think Chicago is just a really pet-welcoming community. And also all those, we're in the season now where you can sit outside and have that beer or whatever it is. A lot of restaurants have patios, right? And uh, they are mostly, not completely, but most of them are dog-friendly as well. 
You're correct. Is there anything better than really sitting out there enjoying a beer with your pet on a beautiful Chicago summer day? Only if you're having a Dorothy's Sweet Shop snack at the same time, which <laughs> which you can offer as well. Do you have a website for us? We do. So it's easy to find us. Just search Canopy Chicago or for more information about our pet packages, you can visit us on Instagram at Canopy Shy Loop. All right, Sarah Becker, I love the fact that you are so dog friendly. Thank you so much for being so dog friendly and for joining us on WGN. Well, I really appreciate your time and hope to see all of your listeners this summer at Canopy Chicago. Enthusiastically so. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Bye, Steve. Wayne Reed says he's the CEO and chief janitor at Forged and Formed. Hi, Wayne. Hey, Steve. How are you? So is it easier adjusting to the time change going to Spain or coming back from Spain? I felt it was easier coming back because then you just kind of stay up while you're traveling during the day and you just land and you're, you get settled and you're fine. Going over there, you have to do the trick of whether you tried to sleep on the airplane and failed because people around you were noisy or doing work or making noises. And it just, yeah. But coming back, I felt better. Were you on a noisy airplane? Oh, yeah. It, it was fun. I mean, I had someone study. It was great. There's one woman who was studying for her um, citizenship test the whole time, all eight hours of the flight. She had her light on, was working through study questions for citizenship, which I thought was just really cool. Um, and then we had some people that just decided they were just going to have conversations during the whole flight. And that <laughs> happens on those types of flights. Loud so. conversations. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's why yeah. I travel with my headphones on for the most part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just I just listen to music and work as I'm doing it. Uh, did you enjoy Spain? I did. I love the country, love the people, love the food. It's first time there, and uh, just really enjoyed the whole experience. I did not was not aware of the extent of drought um, that's impacting so much of agriculture over there with all the olive um, trees and um, apple trees and all the different crops. Um, they their yield for olive oil is half what it should be. This year, it's like um, half of the metric tons, whatever it is. And that's, uh, you know, we, we didn't realize that while we were going through the country, that how extensive it was until we started talking to people. You know, when you travel to different places, uh, you realize that the street dogs in that place, this isn't so much true for cats, but they have a certain look about them. And in Spain, as I remember, it's been, I don't know, more than 10 years since we've been there, but the street dogs look like kind of like large chihuahuas or a version of that. Did you note the same thing? Yes, I did. Um, there was a, it was a very specific kind of look. Um, and again, I think there's a lot of crossbreeding that's going on there. But yeah, there was, it was interesting. Every city, as you said, has a little bit of that different vibe with the type of animals that become endemic um, if they're not you know, part of you know, a family situation. Um, but, you know, just, I also saw just a lot of pet lovers over there, people that just, you know, a lot of people having pets and taking them for long walks and jogging with them and riding their bikes with them and um, of all kinds. It was a lot of fun. Totally, totally true. Well, you're here to talk about Forged and Formed, F-O-R-G-E-D. That doesn't mean you forge money, I hope. Not at all. It's all part of how you craft and work with metals. Explain what you do because it's... It's so cool. So explain what this is. All right. So Forging Forum crafts custom imprint jewelry 
to celebrate pets, people, and events in our lives, right? And the way we do that is is we will actually get a type of material, whether it be stainless steel or gold or silver, and we will transform that piece into to celebrate a pet's nose or a pet's paw print or some kind of tactile um, remembrance of those things that are important to us. It could be a quinceanera, it could be a, a graduation, it could be a birthday, it could be an aunt or uncle, or it could be a grandma, grandpa. Um, our focus right now is doing a lot of work in pets because we found that during the pandemic, um, people were spending a lot more time with their pets, and we started saying, let's craft a line of jewelry for that kind of thing and get an e-commerce site up. But then we also didn't realize how important it was for them to, as they started going back into the workplace, that relationship was now a little different. Um, and they wanted to have that dog or cat or beak or paw or whatever it might be, whatever animal they spent that time with, with them back at the workplace or on the job or being deployed. Uh, so we have, that's what we do. We have, we have a, we're rooted in a 40 year old, uh, you know, custom jewelry tradition with a retail store that has roots in Woodstock, Illinois going back that long. And, uh, so we, we approach everything as jewelers first and artisans first, second, and then we kind of look at things as, what can we do that's scalable and affordable for people um, that want to do that celebration of that dog, cat, or person? Okay, so very specifically, if I have a dog, if I have a cat, what can I order from you, and what does it look like? Because when you said a dog's nose, I I really wonder what you do with a dog's nose. <laughs> well, just like a fingerprint, a dog's nose is, is as unique as a fingerprint. Um, so the textures, the shapes of that nose are, are unique for every dog. So what we can do is people will take a picture of that nose, and they will send it to us. And sometimes a dog or cat does not want to sit still very long, so we have to kind of be patient with getting the right shot. And then what we do is we run that through a software process to actually make sure we capture the best parts of that image um, out of that nose. And then what we do is we put it either into or on top of a piece of jewelry. And what I mean by that is we have um, these really amazing Austrian lasers and people that know how to use them that you can either laser into a product so you get that texture, that push into the metal, right? Mm-hmm. And it could be a dog tag. It could be a, a bracelet. It could be a necklace. It could be a lot of different things. And we have lots of product ideas that will be coming forward soon. Or you can actually anneal it. And what you do is you pull the carbon to the top of a, a material, and it gives you almost like a picture. Um, it's kind of what I sent you yesterday of, of uh, Groucho, um, is that it gives you a picture of that from the carbon being pulled out of the metal that sits. It's still part of it, so you're not, you know, you're not putting a sticker on top of something, which some companies will do. It actually, we just, we just work with the metal that, that's there. So can you wear an image of the dog or cat either as a bracelet or as kind of a dog tag thing or a necklace or something like that? Yeah, on a keychain. Um, it can, some people use it multi-purpose. Um, we sometimes That's, will have yeah. someone buy something in sterling for themselves, and they'll buy a stainless piece for their pet, which is kind of fun, kind of a parables kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, we're not really limited. And because we have a custom group as well, people approach us and say, I really have this vision for, I don't know, a golf marker or a shamrock or, or whatever it might be or a turtle. And we can actually craft pieces like that and just put these images on there. And you can wear them. Yes, they're wear like any other piece of jewelry. They can be worn around your neck, around your wrist, in your pocket, um, whatever you prefer. Yeah, keychain is a great idea, by the way. Uh, I, I don't technically know how you do this. So because you mentioned our cat Groucho, it really, you did one for us. And it really looks like our cat. I don't know, with a mustache and all. I don't know exactly, <laughs> I don't know exactly how you do that. 
It's not magic. It is science. And that's the thing is this once you know how to work with the metals, and again, we, we do know how to work with them from the very basic level. Um, but it's, it's what temperatures and frequencies and, um, powers you use these lasers on different type of materials to make sure you get the best image. It starts with looking at that image and saying, can we, can we translate that from a Corel file into something called we call Photograve, which then is what talks to the lasers um, and goes through their software process. Well, these... um, in other cases, you can cast that product. Um, you can actually cast the imprint right into it, um, but we find it's much more cost-effective for us to pre-craft the pieces and then finish them for the custom images that our customers want. Well, I'm sure people are wondering about pricing, but I suspect that depends. You have such a wide range of possibilities as to what you choose. So the best thing to do might be for folks to go to your website. Yes. So they can forge deformed without the and is technically what the website is. But if they go forged and formed, so you have an and in there, it also redirects as well. And we realized it was causing some confusion when our e-com people put together the forged formed. And they said, well, your company's forged and formed. That's kind of what we want to type. So, yes, we can do it. And our prices range from very affordable, wearable things for $25, $35, $45. And we have pieces that will go 900 or more. What? Depending on what people want. Yeah, out of 14-karat gold. Um, oh, oh. Oh, they, that's we why had, we found that people are more willing to spend money on their pets than their uncle or their aunt or their siblings. Um, it's just the reality of, of how we act as consumers anymore and the importance of those pets in our lives. Okay, so one more time that's forged form, F O R G E D F O R M E D dot com. com. Right. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to you and pleasure to meet you, Wayne. Wayne Reed, who says he's everything from the CEO to the janitor. Thank you so much, Wayne. All right. I appreciate you, Steve. Take care. Access to care is a huge issue in veterinary medicine. And next week, we're going to talk about that with a somewhat frequent guest increasingly on this show because he is so outspoken. We often disagree, but about this, we do agree about the use of telehealth and telemedicine in veterinary medicine. Also... We are going to, or I am going to, I think, have a debate next week. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This is about puppy mills, and it's about the American Kennel Club, which argues, disagrees with the notion that I support that no dogs or cats can be sold at pet stores. And the American Kennel Club says, wait, we want those dogs and cats sold at pet stores? What? Well, actually, they have a defender. Deborah Hamilton is an attorney. And she'll be here next week to try to explain her position. I suspect there will be fireworks before the 4th. I am certain that you'll recognize her voice, certainly her name, Loretta Swit. Hot Lips Houlihan is hot for our pets. And here I am. Oh, man, it is so nice to talk to you. Thank you so very much for joining us. I want to talk about this book, Switheart. The yes. Watercolor Artistry and Animal... Oh, that book! Yeah! Uh-huh. Yeah! Yeah! Second ta- ta- printing. You're holding in your ha- hot little hands the second printing. Yes, I am. And it is... Uh, the, the, first of all, your watercolor work is beautiful. It's absolutely okay. beautiful. So how do you... Did you did, do people send you pictures of their pets? Do you just randomly walk down the street and say, that's a good one? How, how do you decide? <laughs> Uh, it's a mixture of people, of course, commission uh, that I do paintings of their pets. And um, 
uh, some things uh, like, for example, um, the uh, various shelters and organizations I work with do calendars or do uh, flyers or whatever. I get pictures of, of their uh, animals that way, rescues or in shelters waiting for forever homes, etc. So there's an abundance. And then just sometimes just going through um, a magazine or but a lot of people will see something uh, and take a picture of it and send it to me because they think it's something I would like to do or, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a, and then of course my own, there, there are a few of my own babies in there and I took pictures of them. How did this? Uh, mostly you work for, from, from pictures because the animals tend not to sit still, you know, they, not- they tend to move around and they're bored. We have to, I'm not going to sit for a portrait. I'm an animal. So, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, I wonder how, so we, Frequently would have Betty White on this show, and sure. she she would be asked all the time. She would tell me, "I and uh, yeah, how did this interest begin?" And she would answer, "In the womb." How did it begin? Uh-huh. How did yes. it begin for you? Yeah, either you either have a calling or you don't. I mean, you. Uh, when I was a little kid in a stroller, I would see a dog and go berserk, doggy, 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 <laughs> doggy. And my mother said. I would, like, blow up like a little balloon, and she was afraid I was going to pop. Yeah, I just had an instinct for my my species group. You know, my I were all animals. And so, um, yeah, you just, I don't know. And, and people like me or Betty or Bee was a great animal person. Mm, yes. Earl Holloman, uh, Jackie Joseph. Oh, I can go on and on with these people. Uh it's part of our lives. It's what we, I don't know, we just, what we do. Uh, once in a great while, I'll get some some neophytes say, uh, say to me, do you still do animal work? It's like, or do you still breathe? <laughs> it's part of, this, this is what I do. I'm, I act also, dance, sing. You know, these, these are things that we do. You know, and so it's fun to kind of talk about it and explore it. But I do think um, you, you're born with that kind of intuition or instinct, or you just have a craving for it. Well, and I know, you know instead of chocolate or popcorn, that's what you want to do. But you don't have to give to organizations like you do. So you have for years now, and if people don't know it, Loretta, they need to know uh, the amount of giving of your time, of dollars, including for this book, by the way, Swidhart, The Watercolor Artistry and Animal Activism of Loretta Swid. It's more about activism. Uh, it's also about, okay, I am going to make a difference. You've been doing that now for a long time. And, and uh, you know, it's... Um very much like how much I loved MASH or how much I love my work. I love acting. I love reaching out and touching people. I'm a people person, and I love touching their feelings, their emotions. Their, uh, if they're crying, and if, if it's a good cry, that's wonderful. The release, the whatever. If it's laughter, belly laughing, falling down laughing, this is wonderful. Because without all of those things, there is no life. That is what we're composed of. So um, I, I, I would say um, you don't think of it as work. 
Like, I love doing cameos. Bless Martin's heart for inventing this idea. To get in front of a camera and talk to somebody from a brief, some, some uh, let's say a son sends me this for his father for Father's Day. My dad is such a great guy. You know he makes me laugh. He's fun to be with, and he's so smart. Or whatever. It's important for that father gets that message, and he's a fan of mine. And I get in front of a camera saying, listen, your kid is so crazy about you. And you know what? Here's what I get from that. You have been an incredible role model. And what could be better to give a child or a family? Modeling, my, your role model, model sets their tone for life. It's a, you know, so it's, it's a kind of give and take. I'm, I'm giving them my impressions, and, and I'm telling them about their family. And, if, and they're great fans to remind them that Colonel Potter, Harry Morgan, always said, I don't care how poor a person is, if they've got family, they're rich. And just reiterate those thoughts and that feeling and, and subsidize family, you know. And, and it's, uh, so, so to me, that's not work. That, that is something that is a joy to do, the way showing up every day on the MASH set. There was always something funny and crazy and wonderful and we believed in what we were doing. The scripts contained healthy, wonderful, positive messages, uh, if you will. You know, I don't like to think of it like that, but, but they did contain such nobility from time to time, such good thoughts, such good, solid behavior, pure behavior. And I think that's why it's still out there. It's still running on, on MeTV, on Sundance, on whatever, and because people still find those characters relatable. And those characters were based on real people. So again, you have what? You have society. You have people, the population, reaching out and touching each other. And for me, that constitutes the salvation of our world. Well, I'm going to care what, about each other. How we care for each other. I, I love New York and I love Chicago. The people that not most familiar with these two cities, and they're most dear to my heart. But I watch how people in those cities respond to crisis. I was here for nine eleven, and hmm. I watched this multitude of New Yorkers pull together and fix. I mean, they're just amazing. I'm a fall risk. I, I fall, you know, once, once a week. And, and I, I barely hit the ground. I'm surrounded by people. Somebody's already called an ambulance. I mean, it's, their, their whole constitution is made up of reaching out. Well, we're not going to let you we're not going to let you fall. However, when we come <laughs> when we come back, we have we have uh, parachutes. When we come back, <laughs> I want to talk about because you're a medical expert clearly, how laughter and also having a companion animal in your life may be in some ways the best medicine. We're talking with the only, the one and only Loretta Swit <laughs> on WGN. Back with Loretta Swit on WGN, Hot Lips Houlihan, that's right, the author of Switheart, the watercolor artistry and animal activism of Loretta Swit. You buy the book, you're helping animals. Loretta, you are, you are 
the best smelling guest I've ever had. <laughs> okay, you're segueing. <laughs> That's a good segue. You also have the Sweetheart perfume line. There's slides. There, the bottle is a heart shape. Everything in in uh, my life is heart shape and related to heart. You know, and 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 um, of course. That's that's life, isn't it? Everything is mm-hmm. related to heart. So uh, somebody will say, "Well, what 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 did they die of?" It was it was heart related. Of course, it was. It stopped beating, and they died. You know. Well, was, ultimately, so life life and heart are uh, interchangeable. So I know? I do want to ask you about laughter being the best medicine. You alluded just a little to that, and also. How having a dog or a cat or maybe any companion animal in your life does the same. Can you talk about it? Sure. There's this uh, favorite saying of a lot of us in in the uh, humanities are working with animals. Uh, I hope that I could become the person my dog thinks I am. The love you get from an animal is unconditional. When when AIDS reared its ugly head in our society. The only drop of love, kindness, and care that AIDS victims that early, when, when nobody knew that the doctors wouldn't go near the victim, mm-hmm. the only drop of love and care they got was from animals. Animals jumping on their laps that, that didn't want to know about what ailed you. They just loved you, and they were there and giving you love and support. And that's very important for us to remember about what they give us. I mean, I can go into the military dogs that we bring back from Afghanistan who come back with PTSD. PTSD. Hello, they're us. We're them. They come back with the same problems and issues that we have to rewind and recycle and make them whole again. But the, the, the issue here is Look at what we give and take, what we give them, what they give us. This is enormous. I just received this beautiful note from a man who's just received one of the guide dogs that my um, alliance in Israel, the guide dogs of Israel, that they give guide dogs to the blind. They give. The operative word is these people don't have to buy anything. We need to reach out and help them. And uh, they get the puppies, they train them, and they give the needy. Uh, this note had a picture of him snuggling with his, his side dog's name is Michelle, and that dog was kissing him and snuggling, and his note just just melted my heart. You know, Miss Switch, you know what you've done. You know, here, you know how you have changed my life. Hmm. You know, I mean, I was like, I was in tears. It was so beautiful. And, and, um, and but, this but Loretta, you, you, work. This you, is, this is a wonderful way to live my life. But, I, I like, I love doing cameos, getting that message out to people that this person who got in touch with cameo and said, have Loretta switch, tell my mom, tell my dad, tell my uncle, or, you know, uh, or uh, just I do more, or I I do as much as many. Yes, 
I do as many pep talks as I do birthdays or anniversaries. Just they started quite a few months ago. There's not an occasion, Miss Swit, but they... They're down. They're down. They were sick, and they and they need a pep talk, and they so admire you. Could you? Yeah, of course I can. Hey, hello. What do you mean you're down and out? Hey, you know, you know, and and approach approach them with love and laughter. Well, I want to talk. I, I want to ask you about them. that, Loretta. I want to ask you about that laughter part of it as well. Uh, yes, so you talked our about dogs go to hospitals, go to uh, go yes. to elderly homes, and 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 we have this. The, the, every, every, most of the shelters arrange to have uh, a program where they bring in the dogs to sit on the laps and to get on the beds and to lick their faces. On. And the American Medical Association has gone on record saying it's no medicine that we can do that that does for people. It's just there's no medicine that can do that. It's called love. It's called care and sharing and love. And, and at that point in time, you know, I, when I was at the motion picture home visiting my mom, the nurses said to me, uh, you know, you're really something. You're here all the time. And I said, of course, my mother. They said, you know, we have patients here that don't see their kids for like over a year. Hmm. They, don't, they don't come in. And in fact, some of them maybe are out of town, but the point is, their question to me is, well, why put them here then? Put them closer to you so you can be with them. Or, you know, it's, it's a point of view, and it's how much you're willing to give. And well, giving love is, there's, there's a total return. It's a fountain. You never lack. After you've given all your love, you've got all this love coming back at you, and, and it just keeps going. Well, you've given you've given us uh, love and laughter for decades, dare I say, Loretta Swit. And in yep, addition to right. that, you've given so much for companion animals. Greatly, the public just doesn't know about it. I know about a small percent of it. So, from all of us who work with animals, thank you so very much for enhancing awareness and also giving not only of your time, as I said earlier, of your pocketbook quite generously sweetheart the watercolor <laughs> artistry and animal activism and the really good smells of loretta Swit. <laughs> it is always oh. a pleasure thank you so so very thank much and so i much. i look forward thank to seeing for you caring. in chicago soon thank you for caring oh uh, yes i a- anytime i'm always up for that always thank you loretta bye-bye for now god bless I do want to acknowledge this. A friend of mine and a friend of all cats recently passed away. Joan Miller is her name. For many years, she was president of the Winfeline Foundation. They are now called the Every Cat Health Foundation, but same organization that funds cat health studies, the only organization like it on the planet. And Joan was adamant about figuring out what was then called and what is still called dilated cardiomyopathy. Hardly seen today, but back in the day, this was a common heart disease in cats. Cats were going blind, and cats were dying very, very early as a result of this disease. And cardiologists, and the cardiology, the veterinarian cardiologist, 
That, that whole specialty had just begun at this point, and they thought, oh gosh, there's a drug, this drug, that drug. And one, one other cardiology student at that time thought, you know what, I don't think there's enough of an amino acid called taurine in cat food. It turns out he was right, of course, and today we hardly ever see dilated cardiomyopathy in cats because every pet food company on the planet knows exactly how much taurine to put in cat foods. In addition to that, she was a cat show judge around the world and incredibly well-respected. She said cats, my show cats, need enrichment and enrich their environment like no other breeder before her had done. If there's a book about cats, she probably contributed, and at that time was one of the first non-veterinarians to contribute to veterinary books about cats and has written for every cat magazine ever, ever, ever. She was a frequent guest on this radio show. Some of the laws involving cats and dogs, she had a hand in protecting cats, protecting dogs, and that phrase that cats are not small dogs came from her. Joan Miller will be missed. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early, on WGN.